Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. Top of the hour here on Herd at Sports Radio, 8 o'clock a.m. Good morning to all of you making your drive right now, listening on 590 ESPN Radio or ESPN Tri-Cities. If you're at home, work from home, or you're at the office watching us on YouTube or Twitter, we appreciate you there as well, and we appreciate Brian Christofferson joining us now, Husker247BC on Twitter, senior writer for Husker247BC. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Anna Bellinghausen here with us today. Ravi uh, uh, doing a, a, a few things, um, and he'll be back tomorrow. But the first thing that I want to bring up to you, I think congratulations are in order because uh, your good friend Joe Maurer is now a Hall of Famer. Yeah, good for Joseph. Um, <laughs> Joseph, you know, you know him well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the stern name I used for him when he struck out. But yeah, Joe, Joe is what we usually go by, and uh, well deserved. Um, I have a Mauer jersey in my closet. Uh, I was a real fanboy about him, so it was it was a good deal to see uh, first ballot too, Hall of Famer. You can't take that away. Now, what's your favorite Joe Mauer memory? Um, actually, it's not even a play within a game. Uh, it was like he was catching, and the ball. It was a it was a wild pitch behind him, and it hit like the limestone. You can find it on YouTube, and he doesn't even look back. He just puts his glove out. The ball bounces back off the backstop, and he I remember. catches it without even seeing. It. Um, that's actually one of my favorite Mauer things. But uh, there, there's a few. He had a like a 15 at pitch at bat against Zach Greinke when Zach was in his prime, and. Uh, fouled off a bunch of pitches at a key moment and put one down the line. I mean, he, he was just the uh, quintessential hitter. So I think he struck out one time in high school. Um, so I would, it'd, be, it'd be pretty sweet to be that dude today who struck him out that you know for that one time and the, the stories you're telling around the office. But 
uh, yeah, Joe was uh, he was a Minnesota boy and uh, definitely a favorite of mine. BC, um, before we get into uh, some Husker basketball and Husker football talk, I want to ask one more thing about the Hall of Fame. Sure, as big of a baseball fan as I am, um, would you say the biggest loser on this Hall of Fame uh, list is Gary Sheffield? Yeah, might be. You know, I probably don't follow it as close as you do, Andrew. I'll admit that. Like, I'm I'm not one of those people who track the votes and like uh, this guy's got to get in this year and, and that. I I respect those who do. I just I haven't spent a lot of time with it. Um, Sheffield. That's the only thing I can say about him. I always say is he had the scariest bat waggle I've ever seen. Uh, he did, <laughs> like when he was uh, in the box, especially in the playoffs, he has like one of those stances where you assumed he was going to crush the ball 500 feet and just like rip your soul out. So um, on that alone, I, I might give him my vote just for how much fear he put into me uh, for, for a select number of years when the twins would play him in the playoffs. You know, I just, I was telling Anna, it, the Mitchell report is is like the big reason why I think Sheffield is kept out uh, of voters' minds because of his name popping up, but he never had a failed test. So um, he was in his 10th and final year of eligibility, did not get in. Now he's in Hall of Fame purgatory and needs a special committee to get him in. So I just, uh, I shake my head at, at how people uh, associate PEDs with his name without having a failed test. Well, um, you uh, you should lead that charge, and I'll maybe I'll fall in line with. Yeah, you. maybe you should just start worry. a petition. My man, I know I know his son. Yeah. I think it's his son, Gary Sheffield Jr. It would shock me if that's not his son. Um, he, he's very uh, emphatic about <laughs> uh, this point for okay. his dad on Twitter, so uh, that wouldn't shock me. Okay, let's get into some Husker basketball talk. BC, uh, a big win for the boys at home. Uh, no surprise there that they won at home. Now it's uh, now it's about winning on the road. Um, what about this performance? Do you think can spark momentum for them when they? They do go on the road against Maryland. Well, you know what's impressive is um, I, w- I wouldn't say it was like a season on the brink. I wouldn't use those words, but like five days ago, um, you know, they're three and four in the league. Jawan Gary's injured. You don't know how long that was going to be. And you're playing two solid teams in Northwestern and Ohio State at home. And yes, Nebraska's been good at the vault but those are still tests every every game in this league is um and to do it shorthanded without gary um i think has to build a lot of confidence i i feel like in the if this season goes how people hope it to go and they end up in march uh in the brackets um i think the 24 to 48 hours after the rutgers loss which was seemed like it was incredibly deflating at the time um, are going to be uh, is going to be a time to pinpoint. Um, you know, that's when the guys found out. Okay, it's not as bad with Gary. He's not out for the season. Uh, they sucked it up on sort of a short notice after getting home late after that overtime loss. Played good ball against Northwestern, good enough to win. And then l- last night, I mean, rink mass. My goodness, it was just uh, an incredible show. Um, you know, it got to that point where it's like, okay, just shoot at rink. We want to see if you can, you know. The heat check time. Let's see if you make another one. So six of eight for him from three-point range, 34 points, career high. Got the double-double, which the crowd appreciated when he got that 10th board with about three minutes left. 
um, I would not have guessed they would have won going away uh, by 14 points against Ohio State. I know the Buckeyes have struggled on the road. They haven't won on the road in the Big Ten since, like, January 1st of last year. Uh, but nonetheless, they had better metrics in the net and in uh, um, Ken Palm than Nebraska did going into that game. So it's a really nice win from that uh, standpoint. And now um, I think they're a determined group to go get one on the road. They know how big a deal that is um, to kind of break through there. And I like that in the post game last night, Rink was asked a question about what the night meant to him, and he turned it into – Let's go win on the road. That, he, he ended up making that what the quote was about. So that's where their mind has got to be today. And I, I think uh, they've learned some lessons that they have to turn the page fast. Brian, right now, if you're a Nebraska fan looking at the schedule, 11 games left, do these all, maybe an exception to a couple, feel like must wins for a good position to set yourself up for March? Well, the way I look at it, is I put the schedule up in front of me to remind me. And so they've when they, if they can get to February 10th <laughs> with their head above water, um, after February 10th, um, they play Michigan at home. And of course, everybody knows Michigan is really scuffling, which I don't think Jawan Howard's going to make it out of this year or, you know, at, in the next year. Uh, they play Michigan at home, Penn State at home, they still uh, get Minnesota at home, and they get Rutgers at home, and they actually play Michigan twice um, in those last seven games. So that's after February 10th. So if they can get to that point uh, where they're still like a game above 500, like they are now, I think they're sitting pretty. Um, this is a tough part of the schedule, and that's why last night was crucial to put the head above the water of the 500 mark because you go on the road to Maryland, it's a winnable game, but it's a road game, and we know Nebraska's troubles there. Then you've got Wisconsin coming here, and Wisconsin, I would, you know, they're as good as in, as anybody in the league, right up there with Purdue. And then you go to Illinois, and then you got to go to Northwestern. So they have this four-game stretch of Maryland, Wisconsin, Illinois, Northwestern ahead. Um, and if they could uh, – break even in that four game stretch um i'd feel really good about where they're at um you know as we get into february so last night i felt was huge in that respect because it lifts spirits where you're okay you're back above 500 in the league and um you know now you're you're going on the road not with house money but you know if if they do slip up on saturday against maryland at least it's not like you're four and six in the league and then it feels like you're really trying to climb uphill uh with your feet in the mud so um last night was really big from that standpoint bc as you kind of reflect on more of those takeaways uh without juan gary's presence out there who did you like seen whether it was off the bench or in the starting lineup step up to sort of kind of replace Gary in that way yeah um I wouldn't say he'd like replace Gary specifically but CJ Wiltshire man I mean he's he's got to be like one of the stories for this team this year if especially if they can keep it going and get to a bracket um, 16 points last night. I thought he hit the two biggest shots of the game. Ohio State sort of had momentum um, and had cut it to 46-43. Wilcher comes in off the bench, uh, a role that he has accepted selflessly and uh, just embraced it. 
and he hits a corner three off the inbounds pass. And like a minute later, he does the exact same thing in the same spot. And it was a nine-point game, and Nebraska sort of then just had Ohio State at arm's length or more the rest of the way, especially thanks to Rink Masshead and everything he took. So uh, CJ is a guy who he's had ups and downs in previous years. He's probably one of those guys, frankly, like a year ago when the season was ending, some people wondered, okay, is he going to be part of the roster still, or are they going to restructure it? Is he not going to be here? And um, he's just balling out when he gets the chance. And um, he's a great teammate. And, um, you know, I think he has a lot of positivity in that locker room too. So everything about C.J. Wilcher has been good for this team this year. And last night he was a big reason they won that game and won it the way they did. Mast obviously is the headliner of that one. But uh, C.J. was right right, uh, in line with that with some of the shots he made. BC, is it March Madness or bust for this Nebraska team, especially in terms of Fred Hoiberg and his job security at Nebraska? I don't know that I'd look at it that way. I understand why people ask that, though, because it's, you know, he, he's been around a bit. The, the reason why I don't see it quite like that, though, is I feel like two years ago, he restructured how he was going to do things. He, you know, he, he shuffled his staff. Um, there were some key assistant coaches moves there, and I think with that, you saw how they kind of changed their roster and how they were going to pursue putting a team together. And they've went out since then. And I mean, last year's team sort of set the tone with this when he got Sam Grissel and Emmanuel Bandamel and. Um, you know, some of those guys who'd been around a while in college basketball, and they had this veteran poise about them um, that sort of brought a maturity and lifted up the program. And I think you're seeing that again this year uh, with guys like Bryce Williams and Rink Mast. And so, to back to your question, I think it's, <laughs> I mean, some people won't accept this, but I, I think Trev Alberts kind of sees it this way when I hear him talk about basketball. He knows there was a reset that was done. And we're sort of in the second year of the reset. And so I'm not saying it's year two of Hoiberg era. Let's like take the, the one they have in men in black and pretend like the first few years didn't happen. They obviously did. But I do think there's an understanding that, um, especially by people who matter, that they, they shifted their way of thinking and it seems to be working. And so right now... Um, I'd sort of be surprised if they busted it up no matter what because I kind of think they feel like they've figured out a formula now. It's just a matter of keep working on it until you get where you want to be. BC, I was in talks with a listener yesterday, and, um, you know, it's funny because you you, you see Dylan Rayola at the basketball game. You see where he's sitting. You see where he was moved to. You know, he's sitting next to John Cook. And, um, you know, he he asked me, he goes – you know, how do his teammates, how do you think his teammates feel about uh, the way that Dylan Rayola is um, looked at, right? Like, because, he, he, you know, yeah. he comes in, he's the anointed one, he hasn't done anything yet, uh, but if everything goes, you know, to plan, you know, it, it, and the expectation is it, it's like, great, good things, but if not, then, you know, Lord help us. How, you know, you've been covering recruiting for a long period of time. Not only have you probably never seen a response like this from a recruit, but how do you kind of answer that question if it's asked to you? Like, how do, how do, how do the rest of his teammates feel about the, the way he is, is being treated? I don't think they mind it if 
he's that guy starting in the last week or so when they've started winter conditioning that is front of the line and stuff. And you know what I mean with that. You know, the guy who, like, he, he, say they're out there pushing the sled in the snow or whatever they're doing, he's sort of leading by example. He's that guy who um, people are feeding off of and is putting in as much work as anybody. And I think that is his way. Uh, he's got to obviously prove it to his teammates behind the walls that actually see it. Um, and if, if he does that, I think it's fine because I, I, these guys are smart enough to know that um, the way the quarterback situation is set up, he probably is the guy right now at that position. And also they, they know that it's important for recruiting for the future too and that it was important even for like – those portal receivers like Jamal Banks. I've never had that, Andrew, in my life covering a, the team where um, a guy like Jamal Banks who played at Wake Forest and been in college for like four or five years is talking before the visit about one of his reasons of intrigue is Dylan Ryla. Like that's one of the things I want to see about my visit. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, so you got the 23-year-old talking about the, the 18-year-old coming out of high school there. And it's just like I've never had that quote given to me before. So that is different. Um, but from what Jamal said after his visit, um, you know, Dylan lived up to it. Like the way he went about his business when they threw together and the, just his technique and all that stuff. And you, he could tell the care he puts into it every day. So if he does that in front of his peers now in winter conditioning with all the other stuff, um, I think all the fanfare won't bother people. Now, if it looks like some of those guys who are big-time recruits are slacking when they get here or whatever, I'm sure there'll be some people who want to put them in check, and hopefully they respond correctly. But um, it's a good question you ask, though. You've got to put in the work um, when you get here um, to, to make the people around you who matter the most who you're going to be out there with when it's on the line, believe in you. And so hopefully that's happening here in the months ahead. Well, I won't take too much question for the question uh, or credit for the question because uh, it was asked to me. But uh, uh, I, I will give credit where credit's due. That, that listener is uh, Thomas, who is avidly in our chat uh, that was wondering that. But uh, speaking of Rayola and uh, the weekend that he had at the Polynesian Bowl, how impressed were you with his play, with like Carter Nelson's play, and, and even you know maybe another guy, Preston Talamua, his play at the yeah. Polynesian Bowl? I thought they all did pretty good. You know, I thought Carter Nelson probably showed the most to me in the All-Star games because he that was his second one. And, of course, the question with Carter was like, okay, this you know, this guy played eight-man football. What's it going to look like against the top recruits in the country? Um, and he looked every bit his ranking. You know, like he was – it wasn't just the games. Like we have people on the ground for our site, you know, at 24-7 Sports who cover the practices – and uh, he was getting open all week at the Polynesian Bowl and seemed to have a really good rapport with uh, Ryola. So you saw that on occasion within the game. I thought the one that Ryola dropped into him was a, for about 30-some yards was a real pretty pass. But I also thought it got the imaginations of Husker fans dancing a little bit on that play where Ryola took like a – it was a run-pass option down the line and then he just flipped it to the sideline and Carter Nelson barreled for like 11 yards that – it just looked like a play you could see in October, and I think it got people really excited. And um, Carter Nelson, 
um, is a really exciting prospect because if you'll remember on early signing day probably, Rule was talking about how this defense in his mind at Nebraska is sort of positionless in the way they operate, and they want the offense to be more like that. And he used Carter Nelson um, as an example of that. As he can, you can put all over the field, and when you watch him out there in a game, even like that all-star deal, you're, you're kind of like, okay, I see that. Like, he really could line that guy up all over the place. I thought Dylan played uh, fine. It was, of course, choppy because you've only worked with guys four days. I don't know exactly what happened on the pick, if the receiver ran the wrong route or it slipped out of Dylan's hand or what it was. But I thought in the second half it, it got better. And you of, of the quarterbacks on his team, um, he was by far the best. And that's not a small thing because those other QBs were big-time prospects too. So I think you saw a gap between him and other uh, QBs who are supposedly elite. So that that was, uh, I think, promising. BC, in your mind, how mature of a quarterback does DR look right now for his age? I mean, you see some passes over the middle, stepping up in the pocket, maybe not as much of a, a dual threat necessarily, but more of that traditional quarterback and, and some maturity that at least I saw in the film. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, I mean, he just has like the throws that other guys don't have and the way he uh, I mean, even the touchdown pass he had, um, it was to Mike Matthews, who's a big-time player who's going to Tennessee, and so he's going to make a QB look good. But um, it was about a 40-yard touchdown, but it was a rope from Ryle of about 20 yards downfield, and I think he made a throw that wasn't necessarily easy look easy. And that pass he had to Carter Nelson, um, actually pretty good coverage on the play, sort of had to drop it in the bucket to make it a completion, and he put it right where it had to be. And there was another two kick plays I thought that probably should have been catches, including a touchdown, where he he did what was asked of him on the throw. And so um, sort of as you went through that All-Star game and you saw – he. I do think he showcased like four or five different types of throws he'd have to make, and he showed he could make them pretty well. And uh, that part's exciting. And um, I think the other part is, you know, the people watched him all week. Just that I, I think they feel pretty good about him. Like uh, the people evaluate him and watch him uh, constantly, believe in his arm strength and the way he can stretch the field and all that. But I also think he's going to. Uh, really pick up Nebraska's passing potential in that like uh, intermediate range you know like Nebraska's got to be a threat 10 to 20 yards down the field like it wasn't last year and, and hopefully we see a little bit more of that now. BC one more and then we'll let you go in terms of recruiting and knowing that coaches are out on the road who would you say are your top three names to know more about at this point on Nebraska's watch list? Oh, man, that's a good question. I'll go through I'll, – I'll, I'll use that answer to kind of go through uh, the, the weekend that was because they obviously had the junior day. Sure. And because uh, those, those are the guys are the answers in a lot of cases. Like, I mean, I, I think it's fascinating that, like, Isaiah Mosey is a, is a wide receiver. He's at a Lee Summit, Missouri. Really good. And he's, like, the n- number one prospect in that state, 87 overall. And he was in town this last weekend, and he was here last year as well. But he, he we get the, I get this question all the time, like, okay, what's the Ryle effect going to be with recruits? Well, I think that Ryle effect 
translates with a guy like Isaiah Mosey because um, Mosey was here last year when there was Ryla Buzz before he originally picked Georgia. And now he's back again, and he's sort of talking about um, n- not just Ryle, but that's a part of his answer when he when he talks about his visit. And so, I think you know if you could get a guy like that, um, you know, or be one of the finalists for him, top player in Missouri, uh, that would be huge. His dad's also a coach down there, so it's like a big. It would be a nice network to have. Um, you know, locally, obviously, Christian Jones, um, you know, I think from West Side is going to be huge, and I like Nebraska's chances a lot. Uh, the other one that I'd mention is uh, another receiver from, from Florida, Cortez Mills, who's a top, two, you know, 24-7 receiver, and he was here, and he loved the plan they had for him, and another guy who I think is excited about Ryla, so... Those are the guys I just named. There's more, but um, I, they had a really good weekend uh, on that end of it. You know, I think getting guys uh, further intrigued. That's Brian Christofferson, senior writer for Husker 24-7 at Husker 24-7 BC on Twitter. BC, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Brian Christofferson once again. Kevin Suits up next, sports director at 1011 News at Kevin Suits on Twitter. I want to get his perspective on something. He's a... Uh, He's somebody that can latch on to a ton of different things. We'll do that next with Kevin Suits here on Herd at Sports Radio.